Hi. Hey, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. <laughs> well, that worked. So Perfect. it says here, Salt and Light Sisterhood. And then we are connected. It says Kelly and Marla. So it's somehow knowing that I'm here too, even though I am. Well, I think that's what I changed the name of my profile oh. to say was Kelly oh, and Marla. Okay, cool. Because when I went in to see you with your number, I didn't see the Ann Marla part, so it's popped up now. So that's awesome. Perfect. Okay. Um, you want to do the welcome or me? Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, so welcome to Salt and Light Sisterhood podcast episode two and one, I guess we could say, because <laughs> we recorded the original episode under Maria Sisterhood. And then after a lot of prayer and a lot of thought, we really wanted to identify um, with the salt and light group, uh, since that's how this, the idea came to fruition, how the podcast episode came to fruition. So we changed the name. So technically this is episode one for salt and light sisterhood, but episode two for the two of us. <laughs> and I'd also like to point out that we have a third sister in our group, Julia. Yay. And, um, Julia is not going to be recording with us today, but just know that she's been working hard in the background, working on our social media accounts, um, and she'll be joining us hopefully for the next episode. Um, but we want to make sure that we um, we point out our third sister, the third amigo, who's not with <laughs> us today, but that we love dearly and has been praying yes. for us and sent a beautiful prayer this morning to prepare us for the episode today. Hey, Juju. Hey, Juju. <laughs> Because, you know, she'll be like, hi, she while she's listening. Yes, she does love I'm thankful. So I'm Kelly. And I'm Marla. <laughs> and Juju will be with us next time. And again, this is Salt and Light Sisterhood. And today we decided for the podcast that we were not going to prepare each other for the topics we were going to discuss today. We wanted to keep it very conversational, which is how really we've ministered to each other in the past. We call one another with an issue with something heavy on our hearts or maybe nothing heavy on our hearts, just having a phone conversation and catching up. And it always leads to sweet conversation about God. Um, we always minister to each other this way. And so we thought it would be a good idea to keep it a little loose and a little free today and surprise each other with our topics. Yes, I agree, Kelly. And, um, you know, what I'm going to do is just read uh, something that I had written in my journal, I guess, a few years ago, because that's a big part of my story and my journey is so is yours of us journaling through the word of God. And this conversational piece is like you've already mentioned, a big part of how we do things with salt and light. You know, it's us sharing how our relationship is developing with Jesus through his word. And I couldn't be more passionate about the way we do things with salt and light and reading through the word. I mean, it's just for me growing up in church, it's the best way to me. It's the only way to get to know God and truly become an overcomer and that. I don't want to allude to having a perfect life because I was thinking about that this morning. I thought that would be a great thing to talk about is um, what do you do with life in situations and scenarios when you have done all the 
um, to do's, you know, we've prayed about it. We've rebuked it. We've, you know, put it under the blood. We've tried all these different things and I'm still struggling. You know, I was thinking about that this morning and I think that'd be a good thing to talk about at some point. Um, but I said all that to say, you know, I'm not trying to allude to the fact of having it all together, but definitely reading through the word that we do, the way we do has been the most help in my life. Yes. So I agree. um, Um, you know, I love that you said that too, Marla, because one of the things that I know that you and I've noticed, and I hope that anyone else that is a part of our salt and light group online or listens to the podcast understands how natural um, the ministry comes to us when we keep it relational and we keep it conversational and not quite so um, just doctrine. Uh, Right. While that is the root and the foundation of our conversations and certainly the talking points, I think what makes it so valuable to me is how natural, how relational. Many of these women, I'm not even sure what denomination they are. I don't care. Um, and I, I, it doesn't matter. Ultimately, regardless of our denomination, if we're all Christ followers and believers, um, that's where we can come together with a common point and encourage and really love on each other and lift each other up. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, Kelly, do you want to go first? Uh, I can. Do you want, I, do you want me to, I'll just jump in. Yeah. You jump in. Tell me what you got this morning. Okay. So because of some of the reading I've been doing recently and because of just, this is a topic that's so always so prevalent in my mind and on my heart, I decided to talk about suffering today. Okay. And there's no way on earth that I will be able to come close to touching on all the amazing things that I've read, researched, that I've experienced. So I just chose a very small excerpt to talk about today, but just know that this topic is huge on my heart. I will definitely talk about it more in the future. This is just a small piece. So I've done a lot of praying, thinking, and researching about suffering. I have experienced so much grief in my life, as well as just difficult times and things that I would consider and I would label as walking through the valley. I'm not necessarily just talking about losing a loved one, although grief and losing a loved one has led to my, my deepest times of depression and certainly the lowest valleys that I've walked through, but also past experiences, hurts in relationships, loss of a job, being bullied, being harassed in, in a workplace. So I think what I'm really trying to do is pull all of the experiences together into one common thought, which is times of suffering in life. And like I said, I've read some amazing devotionals, scripture and books about suffering in all of its different forms, including grief and relationships. And, um, even some about um, harassment in the workplace, things like that. So I'm going to, in my piece, I'm going to reference a a little bit of that today because I want to make sure that I make it clear that I am not taking credit for the work of others. Some of these things have just inspired me, inspired my prayers and my thoughts. So I really just want to highlight a couple of the things that brought me comfort during my times of suffering 
And I can truly say that I received comfort from God in so many different ways um, during my walks in the valley. Mm -hmm. So I want to start by reading something from a daily devotional app that I really like called Streams in the Desert. And I know I sent that to you and Juju this week. Um, This particular excerpt is just from Monday. It's so amazing. So this app, Streams in the Desert, is based on a book by Mrs. Charles Komen. She was the wife of a reverend and a missionary. In fact, they were missionaries um, in the early 1900s. I believe they were in the Far East somewhere. I want to say Japan or China, somewhere around there. And I, I hate that I'm not as prepared with that piece of information, but she wrote this book, Streams in the Desert, based on her experiences, different sermons that her husband did, poetry, just different things she'd heard over the years. And I love that because that's what my journal is. Yes. And yours too, I think. Yes. It's a combination of research online, scripture, devotionals, Mm -hmm. books. Um, I think that's so neat that that's how she chose to pull this book together. And here, this book was written, I want to say like 1910 or somewhere around thereabouts. And here it's still popular. And now there's an app on an iPhone and, you know, it's just amazing. So it's a daily devotional. So this particular devotional that I'm just going to read a teeny piece of is from this past Monday. Um, and it's based off of the book of Daniel. It's, it's inspired by the book of Daniel, which we're about to read in Salt and Light. So I thought, God, you're just bringing it all together. Yes. You. And I know Julia is giggling. She loves it. Yes. This is awesome. Because <laughs> she wants to do Daniel, and I feel like God has just brought Daniel to us. I think so, yeah. And this is how he does awesome. it. You know, he just yes. keeps bringing it to mind and keeps, you know, it, it, it just keeps showing up in your life. And you realize, okay, God, I hear you. I'm mm-hmm. ready. So before I read the piece of that devotional, I just want to set up the backstory by briefly touching on what's taking place in the book of Daniel. For anybody that hasn't read it or it's been a long time or whatever. So Daniel along with some other young men that were nobles, they were exiles from Israel. They were chosen to be part of King Nebuchadnezzar's service, part of his court. They were trained. They were, you know, basically pulled into service. And at one point, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar commanded his magicians and his astrologers and his quote unquote wise men to tell him, tell me what I dreamed and interpret the dream. And if you can't tell me what the dream is, then I know you're lying. So I'm not going to tell you the dream to interpret it. I want you to tell me the dream and interpret it. And they couldn't do it. So the king ordered them to be executed. Well, Daniel interceded and asked the king to allow him and the others chosen to, um, to interpret the dream for him. So Daniel prayed and the Lord revealed that dream and its meaning to Daniel. And Daniel went back to the king And, you know, fast forward, Daniel and I think three or four others were actually appointed over Babylon. They were put in like administrators or something to that effect. And Daniel remained in the king's court. Well, we know that that only lasts for a short period of time. And King Nebuchadnezzar became angry with Daniel and the others when they would not worship the idols that had been created He had this whole schedule out. Like if you hear a horn or a flute, you have to immediately drop down and start worshiping these idols. And Daniel and the others, they refused. So King Nebuchadnezzar ordered for them to be thrown into the blazing furnace and burned alive. 
So they went from, you know, administrators and in the king's court to immediately execution. So they threw three of the Israel exiles into the furnace and they could see them walking around in the fire unharmed. And they came out, they didn't have a scorched hair, their clothes were unburned, they didn't even smell of smoke. And so because of that, as a result, King Nebuchadnezzar actually believed in their God. So again, this is a super short version of the first, it's like the first three chapters of the book of Daniel. Um, So please forgive my quick summary, but (laughs) I wanted to allow a little time for the rest of my thoughts. No, I like it. You got, you got me up to speed. Yeah, you got me up to speed on my Sunday school lesson. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And I love it. I love reading this Old Testament stuff. And Daniel was such an amazing prophet. And I think the book of Daniel is going to be a lot of fun to read through. But, um, okay, so now that I've given you a little bit of the backstory, I'm going to set up just a tiny bit of the Streams in the Desert devotional. Okay. So in the book of Daniel, we see some men who are exiled from their country, they're they're separated from their people. They are young. It, it indicates in the Bible that they're young. Now, it doesn't say how young, but I want to guess they were probably maybe even teens. Um, okay. And again, that's a guess just based on the culture and when young men were, you know, what age that they were beginning to be groomed for service. And, you know, in our mind here in society today, we would think, you know, 18 years old. But back then, I think it was a lot earlier. Um, so they're living in a foreign country, totally different culture and belief system. They believe in God. Uh, this culture believes in probably multiple gods. They have these idols to worship. Um, and, and, and actually in, I think it's in the second chapter of Daniel, when they, when they bring the young men to the court, they give them wine and meat to eat and Daniel and the others refuse you know, bring us vegetables and water, test us. And if you don't see that we're healthy enough after, I think it was like 10 days, then, you know, we'll, we'll comply, but please just don't make us defile our bodies. And if we look like we're still healthy after 10 days, just eating vegetables and water, then you'll allow us to eat the way that we believe. And sure enough, they were healthier than any of the other people in the army. So they're constantly coming up against obstacles. Their faith is always being tested and they could be put to death at any time. So defying the king by not eating what he wants and eat everything there. I can't imagine the stress and the duress these young men were under. But such bravery. Yes. Because I, I don't feel like I've ever been that brave. No. But they were. They were. They were not afraid to. They were more afraid to not honor God, you know. And I love that. I do too. I think it's amazing. I just think, you know, it's easy to read through these books, especially in the Old Testament, and just graze over and think, oh, yeah, that must have been tough. But when you really sit, because the the books are kind of short. There's not tons and tons of detail about how they were feeling and how they were suffering. Some of the books are, but I, I find in the Old Testament Some of these books, especially in Daniel, I mean, they just went from five years later, they're in the king's court, you know, and I'm like, what happened in those five years? Tell me stories. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So we're talking about. They didn't have enough stone tablets back then, Kelly. They didn't. (laughs) They did not have, what what is it called? Papyrus. (laughs) I don't know when any, 
don't get me started on history because okay. I will lose it. I will <laughs> perjure I'll myself. I will. I'll mess it up. Sound like the biggest <laughs> idiot. So I'm not going to try. Um, <clears throat> so we're really we're talking about years and years of trials, life and death experiences over and over again. Every decision they made could potentially lead to their deaths. And they knew that because King Nebuchadnezzar had no problem, you know, off with his head. So I really, I can't imagine the fear and the stress that they were under. And yet, like we said, they remained faithful to God and through their beliefs, through it all. And that's how God honored them. And I think it would have been easy years into it to say, I've been faithful all this time, God, just like you were talking about, I've prayed, I've been faithful and I'm still in this situation. Yeah. Are I'm you going to deliver thinking, me? Right. I'm sitting here thinking this is really applicable to what I'm feeling right now. Yes. So teach me, girl. Keep teaching me. Teach so me how to. Here's how I'm going to pull it all together, I hope. This is the teeny tiniest little excerpt from Streams in the Desert. And you know how sometimes you read something and it just kicks you right yes. in the feels? Yes. Okay. This did that. In fact, my mother-in-law is the one that introduced Streams in the Desert to me and this devotional. And she read this devotional to me when we were at lunch um, earlier this week. And we both had tears in our eyes and chills while, while she was reading it because it, it just, it kicks you right in the feels. <laughs> so here's the excerpt. Okay. The road is too rough, I said. It's uphill all the way. No flowers but thorns instead and the skies overhead are gray. But one took my hand at the entrance dim, and sweet is the road that I walk with him. Mm. The cross is too great, I cried, more than the back can bear, so rough and heavy and wide, and nobody by to care. And one stooped softly and touched my hand. I know, I care, and I understand. Then why do we fret and sigh, cross bearers all we go? But the road ends by and by. In the dearest place we know, and every step in the journey we may take in the Lord's own company. I mean, are you kidding me right now? That's pretty. That is beautiful. And she wrote like this. Mm -hmm. She she wrote poetry to the Lord. She wrote poetry about her her observations about suffering, and it just kicked me right in the feels. So (laughs) here's what I take from this. This small excerpt, and there's so much more in that devotional, and I I could not begin to recommend it enough. The point is that no matter what we're going through and no matter how much we think that God couldn't possibly understand and he didn't go through it, and no matter how great and heavy and rough that cross is to bear, always he understands, always He suffered. He lost loved ones. He suffered grief. He suffered betrayal by friends. He was screamed at and persecuted in almost every city that he went to. He was paraded in on a donkey one day and flogged the next and crucified the next. He does understand. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if he never experienced bullying on social media. He experienced bullying and persecution and temptation and times in the desert. He does understand. And I think it's important for us to try to remember that 
and try to remember that Jesus went through years of suffering to ultimately be hung on a cross and crucified for our sins. And he did it all. He does understand there is a purpose to our suffering. So I heard a sermon at the end of December by a guest speaker. And for the life of me, I cannot find or remember his name, but I'm going to look it up because I want to make sure I give credit where credit is due. But this man had experienced, um, I think it was throat or esophageal cancer. And as a result, he came up with this amazing ministry about suffering and he gave such amazing verses about it. But one of the things he talked about is the different reasons of why we suffer, you know, because it's easy to say why and what Mm -hmm. purpose does it serve? So we suffer one because we're being prepared that we may be able to comfort those who have trouble with the same comfort that we received from God during our trouble. Mm-hmm. So we experience, I've experienced grief. I have friends and loved ones who've experienced grief. We can band together. There's a spirit yes. of, of community and sisterhood or just unity in those sufferings. And it brings a bond. Right. And nobody can comfort the afflicted like those have been comforted in their own affliction and have walked through the valley, walked through the fire and come out the other side. There's nobody that can comfort you like somebody who's already experienced it and come out of that tunnel to find the light. Right. Because you have a hope that you can share with the other person. That's right. Um, we, we show the promise of God at the end of it. When somebody yes. is standing in the midst of the fire, it's hard to see. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for us to feel it. You know, um, you know, we've talked about our own struggles and trials and challenges. And when we're in the midst of it, you know, I've shared mine with our oldest. Um, you know, and you just think, is there ever an end to it? But then when you you finally do come out to a place of, of some healing, right? Cause there's still a struggle there. Um, you can look back and, and realize all the things that you learned, all the things you endured, like you're, you're still standing, you know, you, life, it didn't turn out perfect. Cause I, I battled with that. I thought, well, there's gotta be an end to this and it'd be all pretty and, there be flowers and stuff, but like right. your poem says, no, it's uphill and there's thorns and the sky is gray, but yet there's Jesus in yes. the midst of all of it. And that's where you find your beauty and your joy, you know? That's right. And, and part of the devotional that I'll, I'll actually pull up because that was another piece that was really precious to me talks about, um, I want, I want the hill of Calvary as well. I want all of it that leads to, to his love and his emancipation. And so, um, I've actually got it here. Nice word. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So (laughs) this is a, I know. (laughs) Throw the big Um, words out there. (laughs) So this is a quote from George Matheson and it says, they tell me that I shall stand upon the peaks of Olivet the heights of resurrection glory, but I want more. Oh, my father, I want Calvary to lead up to it. I want to know that the shadows of this world are the shades of an avenue, the avenue to the house of my father. Tell Ooh. me, I know, girl. <laughs> it just write that one down. gives shades. me chills. Say it again. Shades. Of I want avenue. to know that the shadows of this world are the shades of an avenue, 
the avenue to the house of my father. Tell me I'm only forced to climb because thy house is on the hill. I shall receive no hurt from sorrow if I shall walk in the midst of the fire. Mm-hmm. I mean, make me cry. I couldn't put it that way. That's why I have to use somebody else's words because yes. it's so beautiful. I could, there's no way that I could put that into those words. But I also right. want to reference um, a scripture in 2 Corinthians um, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him, we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. As you help us by your prayers, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. And I love that, too, because I think it's so easy sometimes for us to um, privately suffer. And not share. And I've talked about, we've both talked about vulnerability and authenticity. Yes. The scripture tells us, it promises us, it tells us to pray together, pray for each other. Yeah. Through and the prayers of many. That's right. Well, and you know, we mess it up because we want to judge each other. We want to get stuck, pardon me, in, in rules of religion. Right. And we want to focus on one part of scripture, the, the do not. And then we want to apply that to everybody. And then, you know, and so we miss out on these opportunities to help you help each other through prayer because we don't want to share. We don't, you don't get, you don't get the opportunity to know what somebody's struggling with because of your, your own judgment. And I'm guilty. I'm pointing the finger at me. I'm not fussing at anybody. No. I'm just saying for myself, cause I've done it. And I don't want to be like that. I want to be a safe place for friends to say, girl, I am struggling with these crazy thoughts. Okay. We're going to pray about it. We're yeah. going to bring it back to the word and we're going to talk about we're it. Gonna just, okay. Yeah. We're going to lay it at his feet, but we're going to do it together. And in that way, you shoulder a little of that burden for that person. Mm-hmm. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard to trust people. I know, yes. um, especially as an adult, sometimes it seems hard to make new friends and then how do you do that? How do you yeah. get to a place of trust? How do you um, fast forward the bonding experience and the trust experience? And I think the answer is you don't. I think you mm. just take it step by step. I think that you, uh, if you want to trust someone, if you want to get to a space of trust and bonding with um, a, a new friend, it's going to take you being vulnerable first. Yes. And it's a risk. But yes. how else can you know if someone is trustworthy, what their heart is, what their belief system is? Right. How can you experience the grace of God unless you share with someone and he speaks through that person to you? Right. So that was my very short version of the wise of suffering and some beautiful words about suffering and trying to find a perspective of Yes, the road is certainly uphill, Mm -hmm. but it leads, it's Calvary. It leads to the resurrection. It leads to the glory. It leads to God. There are shades and shadows in the avenue, but it's an avenue you're walking to get to your father's house. It's pretty. It's beautiful. And I'll tell you, in the midst of my suffering, I will never call someone who's never suffered. What a pointless effort that would be. Mm-hmm. I will reach out to my sisters 
who I know have deeply suffered and who have seen the grace of God and have come out the other side and they understand and their, their hearts join with mine in that moment. So think about that. I know that it's hard to suffer, but if nobody suffered and nobody in your life and nobody that you knew had ever suffered, who would you call in your times of trial? True. Who would you lean on? True. Well, in the growth too. Now, did I get you off? No track at all. No, at no point. Okay. You know, the growth that you have to, you know, I couldn't see that in my immaturity and I prayed a lot of prayers of protection, you know, yeah. just out of fear and I didn't want to suffer and I didn't want to hurt because it's not fun. No, it, it hurts. I mean, it's pain. It's suffering. It is. And you know, nobody wants to just open the front door and be like, come on in, you know, <laughs> throw it at me. <laughs> Give me what like, you got. Shut the front right. Door. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's something that I have come to appreciate as I've gotten a little bit older and grown a little bit more. Um, you know, I, I, there's growth in it so that when the next pain and suffering comes along, because it, it will, it either is here, you're either coming out of it or you're getting ready to go into it. And that was a scary thing for me when I first heard that. I was like, oh, no, I don't want to be ready to go into anything. But that's just the cycle of life. And... Um, well, I lost my train of thought. Well, well, that's the cycle of everybody's life, you know? Yeah. Nobody oh, the wants growth. to suffer. Right. Right. The growth. You know, you realize when the next one comes along, you're a little bit stronger. It doesn't hurt or sting as bad. Does that make sense? I totally agree. You know, because there's, there's just some stuff that I've done that's been hard and frustrating. And now when it hits me, I'm just like, eh, been there, done that. I just, <laughs> we're just going to keep going. Oh, my gosh. You know, I'm not going to let totally it totally or shake me. Mm-hmm. I think to myself, you know, I've lost my dad. I've experienced the worst grief I can personally imagine. What can you throw at me that's going to hurt worse than that? You know, I've experienced deep disappointments and, like I said, bullying and harassment and different things like that. And I've come through every bit of it through the grace of God, through his scripture and his words. Now, not always because it wasn't until, you know, a few years ago that I started really leaning on him and really looking to him. And now I find so much peace and so much joy. And by no means do I think I'm never going to suffer again. Like you said, that's you're either coming out of it in the midst of it or, you know, waiting for the next storm to hit. But we don't live that way. Right. We don't live waiting for the storm. We live trusting God that we know the storm's going to come. We're going to anchor ourselves to him and in his word, and we're going to trust that we're going to come through that situation stronger, better, better equipped to love on others and have others love on us. And, you know, depending on how we handle it in the midst of the storm, we may have some new friends, may have a completely new situation. So there's so much that can be gained. And I know that's not easy in the midst of it. I know when you're standing in the middle of the fire, you're thinking to yourself, Lord, get me out of this fire. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Of course. Cry out to him and ask him to get you out of that fire. But trust that at a point you will come out. Yeah. And trust in God. Yeah. Just having confidence in him that he's going to take care of you. You know, that's been a yeah. big thing that I've had to learn and still learning. Sure. So that's really good. Girl. That's what I got. That's all I, I love got. it. You like I it? Lo- mm-hmm. I love it. It's good. You Thank know, I, you. I took some notes, of course, because that's what I like to do. But that helps me 
you know, and that's what we're supposed to do. And I, I thought about this and wrote it down, you know, vulnerability can equal freedom for you. That's right. It does for me. And yeah. And I've, I've noticed that just this week being vulnerable and sharing in a situation where I felt like I needed to be brave and, Mm -hmm. you know, don't, don't sound silly or don't sound weak. Cause that's a big one that I struggle with. I feel like a lot of people just automatically view me. They see me and just see weakness somehow. And and I gather that from things that people comment to me, you know, Mm -hmm. and advice that people give unsolicited. And I think, it's, you know, they think that I'm, I don't know, cause I'm, there's strength down in here. <laughs> you know, you know you I think that a lot of times people see you as very fragile because they know some of the, some of the really big things that you they've been through, but also we got to remember there's some people out there that always have advice. <laughs> <laughs> true. Very true. They always but, have advice and I've learned to just kind of take what I it. need. Yeah. Just roll with it. And remember, yeah. you know, it's easy for us to feel uh, pointed at and for us to even make a judgment call on ourselves and say, well, this person is saying that because they think this about me. No, it lets, a lot of times they're coming from their own space. They're coming from mm-hmm. their own insecurities. Um, you know, we have to just factor that in. And, and he, we, I mean, advice, my goodness, it's good to give good advice, but Sometimes I would love to, can I just get on a soapbox and just say, hey, you know, don't always, you don't have to give me your opinion about everything. <laughs> right. It's all right if you just let me, you know, just have a listen. day. Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> That's so true, Kelly. That's all I got about that. I'm not going to go any further so with that. That's true. All right. Well, what I you guess got? I can, let me add my two cents. Do it. Um you know, talking about being vulnerable, you know, this whole week thinking about what I was going to say and we're going to talk about and stuff, you know, I'll get nervous and think, oh, it's got to be perfect. I got to have all these notes because that's really the season God's got me in. He does not want me preparing and nope. it's frustrating me. He wants me to just let him guide my steps and to, to lead me. And I, you know, I'm fighting against it some because I'm a, I'm a prepper. I'm yeah. a preparer. I like to be prepared because, that's just kind of how I've always been. The more prepared I am, the less nerves I have to deal yeah. with. You yeah. Know? Um, but he's let me have writer's block and different things like that. And I feel like I'm a pretty good little writer. Um, but here lately, you know, my, my focus is just somewhere else. And, and so I'm really dependent on what I've already written. <laughs> so yes. I'm not as, as laid out as you are yours was wonderful and so I want to just piggyback on it because I feel like yeah I think that's good though that's how we've always had our conversations in the past one of us brings up a topic and we just roll with it and two and a half hours later your kids are banging on the door they want popcorn (laughs) (laughs) the dog needs Uh. to go out to go potty the cat's somewhere she's somewhere I don't know (laughs) messing around (laughs) being a kitty um (laughs) anyway I really feel like this will piggyback and that's that's the beauty Kelly because I'm trying to say your name so because I know we sound a lot like we do um that's the beauty of salt and light is that a lot of times I've noticed and other ladies have noticed especially in our our um excuse me our home group you know our at church there'll be this little thread that God kind of weaves through it. And it's just this one big connection, which of course it's his word. It's all connected. 
Um, so I was looking through my journal last night and I've got lots of things that are near and dear to me that I've shared with you about, you know, sitting at his feet and breaking bread and communion with Yeshua and all those things are special trumpets, you know, all these certain different things, um, are certain milestones in this journey, which I know we will continue to share. And that's kind of where we're at. We want to share our milestones with people. Um, but this is what I wrote. I don't even have a date on it. The one prior to this journal entry was September 11th, um, 2015. So okay. I've been doing this for a little bit. And I must have had something on my mind. I must have been either on Facebook and seeing inspirational stuff. And I must have really been trying to process some of these motivational things that you see out there. Certainly these books that, you know, I've talked about being right. addicted to self-help self help books, Christian mm-hmm. self-help books. And, you know, and all that's wonderful. <clears throat> just like what we're doing right here. It's wonderful, mm-hmm. but it doesn't replace the word of God. So I'm just going to read what I wrote. Okay. So these are my thoughts. I said, don't get me wrong. <laughs> and I was I thinking love you. in my head and I just started out, don't get me wrong. I do the same thing in my journal. I start with so, and then yes. I go. So let me tell you. Right. The inspirational words and stories of others I see posted, so this must have been Facebook, They're great. They inspire and boost emotions. Then I put, well, Lord, I can't. But I ask you, for how long, question mark? Look, I'm trying to be like David in the Bible. How long does the emotion of inspiration last? And that's true. Right. It's so true. It's fleeting. It is so fleeting. I know there has been nothing more inspiring and permanent in my life than what the Holy Spirit has revealed to me in Scripture. Mm-hmm. It not only has encouraged and inspired me for the moment, but it has not left my thought process. See, it becomes permanent. It's yes. not fleeting like somebody's pat on the back. No, it's written on your heart at that point. <laughs> yes, that's right. <clears throat> Therefore, what I've learned in His Word continues to inspire me. When we take in His Word, it begins to flow through us. That is him in us. He is the bread of life. And this is one of my most favorite things. So break bread this morning with Jesus. Yes. By turning the pages of the word of God. You know, because growing up, it was more like, well, take communion and remember him. And And he really (laughs) started to show me that when I open up that word, I'm breaking that bread with him. Because communion is friendship. It's fellowship. Um, so break bread this morning with Jesus by turning the pages of the word of God, digest it, allow it to flow through you. And once you have eaten your fill, remember to thank the Lord, your God for the good land he has given you. And that's Deuteronomy 8, 10, one of my favorite verses that I stumbled on reading through the old Testament. Cause let me tell you, I was just reading through it as fast as I could. Um, but the Lord would stop me at certain points. And most of us probably read if we're honest through the old Testament pretty quickly. Yeah. (laughs) We're like, yeah, yeah. So-and-so is kin to so-and-so. But he would let me just flat land on scripture. Scriptures yeah. that made so much sense to me, you know, and of course he was talking about the promised land and, and I read some stuff last night in my journal about, you know, the Israelites, they had to wander in the desert, talk about suffering and being yeah. connected oh to all gosh. that. They wouldn't have appreciated the, they wouldn't have known how to live in the promised land had they not spent time in the wilderness for God to teach them his ways and give See, them only enough manna for right. each day. He had to burn mm-hmm. out that slave mentality. Yes. You know, he had to, he had to burn off that worshiping of other things in yeah. their lives. Yeah. 
And so I feel like a lot of times that's our suffering. It's burning off things that we're worshiping and we're considering most important and we're clinging to for survival. Cause that's, I know that's how I look at it. Like, Oh, I got to make sure I'm my, my big example for today, make sure I'm doing that budget just perfect. And I'm saving that money for, for blah, 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 blah. You know, and that's, I'm clinging to that for my salvation, my security. You're clinging to that thinking you have more control over it than you really do. Mm -hmm. And I sure don't. While of course we can prepare and we can certainly budget and we can um, pray over it. I think the, the trust factor is where we really stumble. Mm -hmm. Are we really allowing him to work and move in that way? Or are we sure that by writing out that budget and wearing out our husbands about it, (laughs) having 30 (laughs) conversations about it, that somehow we're going to change the outcome. Mhm. Right. Well, I haven't been able to change it. <laughs> I have to just let it go, and that's a big lesson that I'm learning is to truly when those thoughts come to me, you know, taking it captive and and breaking bread with yes. Jesus. And I so- love that. I've never thought of that that way. That is beautiful. Oh Thank my gosh, you. going into the word is breaking bread with Jesus. Yes. And having a fellowship <laughs> and a supper with him. And then at the end of it, not forgetting to thank him for his bounty. I mean, oh my gosh, that's so good. I love that. And it's, it's cover to cover. All of it is, is because he's the bread of life and he was the word and and he became, the word became flesh. And so I've got a few other notes here because I went back and found some that connected, you know, breaking bread meant communion and fellowship with one another. It represents the blessing that was said. And so I've noted here, first Corinthians 10, 16. And I want to flip to it real quick. And, we both went to Corinthians. We did. And, you know, and, and I'm being led. <laughs> I love and I'm, I'm being led. So, you know, I don't have all these, these notes written out perfect. But let's see what it says. It's not the cup of blessing, which we bless a sharing in the blood of Christ. It's not the bread, which we break a sharing in the body of Christ. So, yes. you know, and, and so this word is the sharing of his body. Um, it also represents teaching of the blessing. Um, and I wrote here, John six forty seven fifty seven. I won't bother trying to, to read it unless we eat and drink of Yeshua. We cannot have eternal life. And I put an asterisk here. This is not just believing and being saved. This is decisive action. Yeah. You have to take action and decide to eat and drink of Yeshua. That is not, Even though all these things are wonderful, it's not just worship and going to church and and being, you know, a part of a community of believers. There is a fellowship you must have with Jesus. Yes, absolutely. And I I missed that my whole life. I was raised in church. I was raised in Pentecostal church, girl. They think you got everything you need on Sunday morning. I know. Bouncing around (laughs) with the church flag and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not knocking it. I'm not. I'm not. It's precious history to me. But there's more to it. You, it's not just an experience. It's a lifestyle and it's a lifestyle you have to develop. And, and that's what it was for, for the disciples. It was a lifestyle. It was a lifestyle for Jesus. It's the true. way he walked on this earth and the way he shared in, in the knowledge of the father, it was, he embodied it. It was an embodiment of it within his flesh. And we can do that through the word of God. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, 
I don't know. That's that's my verse for the day. I'm going to keep going back to Deuteronomy 8.10 because I want to eat and get my fill. And I want to say thank you, Lord, for this good land of the word that you have given me. You know, I love that you said that, too, because... Jesus led by example, and it's so much like a parent to a child where you can point your finger at them and you can say, do this, do that. But how often do children really listen to that when you are leading a different life? And that's why Jesus came down to earth, became flesh, walked this earth to show us how it's done and to show Mm -hmm. us, you know, you will suffer. Yeah, And you can do like me and you can cry out to God and you can stay firm in your faith. You can fellowship with your friends. You can break bread. You can remain in the word. You can remain in God and allow him to abide in you or whatever the other way is. <laughs> right. <laughs> whatever that looks like for you. Whatever that looks like for you. And I, and I want to just point out one other small piece of scripture that really stood out to me this week. And that's in Romans chapter two. It's verse four, but it's just the end of verse four. God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. Mm, So I have been talking about suffering and I certainly have been talking about crying out to God in times of the fire. But I want to make one last point and say that even in our times of mountaintop peaks and, and we're not in the valley and we're really celebrating life. It's a time to gentle our spirit, to build faith. We are always being worked on. Mm -hmm. So the scripture tells us God's kindness is intended to lead us to repentance. Don't take it for granted. Don't take his kindness and assume that's because you're doing everything right. Right. You know, Paul was great about writing about that um, in the letters. And I I don't remember where it is. I'm going to have to find it. But about talking about even... The sin of pride, even when I'm doing everything right and I'm following the law to a T, I still have the sin of pride because I'm thinking to myself, well, I've got it's it all figured what, out. Yes. yes. It's not about the exterior. No. So I just want to point out that regardless of what season you're in, there's always space for God in your heart. Well, and can I geek out for a minute, Kelly, yes. on that verse? Because um, Romans two, four is one of another nugget of mine. That's a favorite because when I realized that, that his kindness, um, leads us to repentance, you know, I, I started searching up words and meanings and roots and all that. And that word kindness right there is charis, which is grace. Mm. So his grace leads us mm. to repentance, not his punishment, not his, Oh, look at the, all these do nots that you didn't do well. No, no. My grace to you is going to draw you to repentant, repentant heart. And I wish I could figure that out with my children. I wish I could offer them so much grace that well, they were know, just, you know, ready to honor. Well, kids are kids. Let's just be honest I know, about but that. You know, but, but it's you a know. great example. Yeah. <clears throat> You know, it's it's true, though, because I find that even when I'm angry with someone, if they come to me in in a graceful, loving manner, that Mm -hmm. anger just it disappears. It's just gone. Their kindness convicts my soul. It convicts my spirit. And it makes me think, wait a minute, this isn't me. Yeah, I'm not an angry. I'm not. That's not my personality. It's not my character. So. But sometimes we, we have flashes of anger. We're human beings. We feel what we feel. But God's kindness and the kindness of others 
let's let's take that into our souls and in our spirits. Let's learn from that. Let's allow it to change us. Let's allow it to gentle our hearts and our spirits, gentle our tongues. Yes. You know, I just think that's such a beautiful promise from God. Yes. So anyway. That is a promise. Mm-hmm. See, and that's something I'm learning. What are the promises? Everybody out there. There's so up. many. Promises, the Lord promised. I'm like, where are you hearing all these promises? <laughs> We're just making them up as we go, just based on what we want at that moment. Well, God promised me a pool and a screened-in patio, so I'm going to claim that, and I'm going to get it. No, no. Mm-mm. But I, I do love how, you know, the Lord is, is re- the point to that is that he's been revealing that, too, that the things that he says that are um, solid, like this right here, that is a promise, and I need to see it as a mm-hmm. promise. He says the kindness of God will lead you, period. And and I like that. And he's leading by example. He is. You know? Oh gosh. He's coming to us saying, I'm putting my pride aside, you know, my jealousy and my anger. And I'm just gonna love you and let this grace cover you, even though you're being a crazy kid right now. Right. It's it's <laughs> anyway. so beautiful. Well, I love that. I love this conversational um episode. I love how God inspires and yes. a topic or an idea and and then he puts words and thoughts and and feelings into it to allow and this is what i love about our conversations is that it always reveals something to me and i've never walked away from a conversation with you that i didn't feel fed spiritually yes. and unified spiritually me too, Kelly. So absolutely you feel empowered and encouraged yes. and loved and that's what we're supposed to do that's right we're sisters that's right we are and we miss our juju yes well, all right, girl. Well, we've been on here 50 minutes. So Let's wrap minutes. it up. If anybody's still <laughs> listening, sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. All right. So then we will post this to wherever Anchor will let us post it. Mm-hmm. We will certainly have it on the Salt and Light Facebook page, which not a lot of people have checked out yet. So we got to get our friends on board with that. Mm-hmm. Definitely going to put it um, on the Good Morning Girls Salt and Light group Mm -hmm. because we've got some girlies over there Mm -hmm. and (laughs) and then if you're friends and family we're just gonna send it straight to you and say you better listen to this and give it a thumbs up that's right so all right well can I close in prayer Kelly please do yes all right thank you Lord that you allow us opportunity after opportunity to talk about you to um, make things right within our own hearts Um, Lord life is hard and we can go from crazy to calm in two seconds from, you know, angry to happy. Lord, it's this world is full of emotions, but thank you that you're steady through all of it, that you never change and that you always are drawing us and compelling us back to who you are and back to your word. And we just ask that you let this message go forth and help any sisters that need a little boost of encouragement today. Thank you for encouraging me through this, Lord. Yes. Thank you for bringing this message back to me over and over again. And I love you. I thank you for Kelly. And we just bless your holy name. Amen. Amen. All right, girlfriend. Well, I will talk to you. Have fun at the beach with your sister. Yes, y'all have fun. I love you too. Bye. Bye.